welcome to the DC Beer Show, everybody. We are at DC Beer across social media, dc.beer slash road trip. Buy tickets, travel with us to the Maryland Craft Beer Festival. Brandy, what are you drinking? So tonight, I am drinking my favorite cider in the whole wide world. Well, not this particular bottle, but my favorite cider, cidery ever that I've ever been to is Albemarle Cider works in Charlottesville, well, outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm actively drinking Ragged Mountain by Albemarle. Um, and it's just dry, champagne cider. It's so bubbly, and it's good when you have allergies. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my world, there's only one cider, and it's dry. Oh, it's but so I don't good. But I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. Brandy, I am so jealous. I'm coming to you tomorrow to pick up my Albemarle cider share. You you put in a, an order with me, and I appreciate that, and I'm sure they do as well, the founding four. So, yeah, you're going to come get your cider, and I'm jazzed about it because I not only get to give you delicious cider, but B, I get to see Mike Stein in the flesh. Yes. Bow, 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 bow. Jake, Jake up. What are you drinking? I am drinking Gombe. It is a dry hopped rice lager from Blue Jacket, brewed with Jinsen Chan to celebrate the fourth anniversary of the high side out in Virginia. Happy anniversary to them and happy Blue Jacket Neighborhood Restaurant Group to us because Church Kiwi opens next week. Whoa. Oh, shit. I was ready for that transition, that segue, and you did it. You killed it, Jacob. <laughs> just, keep, just keep it smooth. Anyway, um, Gombe, really nicely well done rice lager, 5%. You could easily drink three, which is good because they sell them in four packs and there'd be one later. Mike, what you drinking? I am drinking a wonderful dry cider, or as they say in Boston, dry cider. Wicked pizza. Cider is awful. DCCider.com. <laughs> DCCider.com. Hey, We're rebranding Jake. for today. Come on. Uh, I'm drinking Arkansas Black, which is Pendruid's spontaneously fermented natural cider. The reason you ask why I'm drinking Pendruid cider when Pendruid is a wonderful brewery, well, because on April 16th, it's Yeaster, their annual festival, Yeaster, where they're releasing their cider release. They're going to have a wonderful release of cider. They're roasting lambs. They have uh, sumac, which is the wonderful, uh, you know, forage farm to table uh, food provided on site. If you are a veggie or a vegan, they will have options for you. Wonderful veggies, fruits, and herbs from the Virginia uh, forestry magistry. So, I'm Wait, drinking Mike, Arkansas Black. We yeah. get a we get a Pasco lamb mm. out in Sperryville. You know what, Jake? Happy Passover, Happy Easter, Good Friday on Friday. Oh, lamb of DC beer. If they really wanted to go with yeaster, the yeast would move. It would have risen from bottom fermenting to top fermenting. Risen? That's well, just a say- little. A little, <laughs> little Easter humor. You know, there may be dough. There may be some dough that has risen. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to forever refer to Easter as Easter from from now, from this <laughs> second of my life until I die. I have it's never Easter. heard of that, and 
I'm sure not, that someone has said it before, but kudos to Pen, Pen Druid for, <laughs> well, yeah, for Pen ter- making that it, term. You know, Yeaster? I don't know if they've coined it, but it's not Passover. It's not Easter. It's Yeaster. Oh my God. And I, so I'm not religious at all. So I don't celebrate any of the holidays. I will, I will celebrate Easter. <laughs> Give me, some, give me some beer, man. <laughs> There's a lamb, sumac, the wonderful uh, food that's on site at Pendruid is there. And they're celebrating with a, a spontaneous release. They have this wonderful beer. They're spontaneous, uh, I believe, with plums. They have a wonderful cider. It's dry cider. You know, it's like 0.0 carbs, negative one grams of sugar. It, it's It's so dry. It takes the sugar out of you. It's a person with diabetes dream. I'll tell you what. Uh, high protein, low carb. It's a wonderful uh. Easter. Yeah, so, so tune in. We're gonna take it away now with Jennings Carney of Pendruid Beer and Cider. Hey, DC beer fans! I am here with Jennings Carney. Jennings is the co-owner and brewer at Pendruid Fermentation, and coming up, he has uh, Yeaster, which is their annual celebration on April 16th. Jennings, welcome to the DC Beer Show. Mike, it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you tonight, my friend. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, a little bit about Jennings. Uh, you are the only brewer I know that has a wood-fired kettle. You are really have a unique brew house in in Pendruid. Um, uh, full disclosure: uh, my beverage research firm, Lost Loggers, has made some porter with you. We called our porter Colonial Panic. A wonderful uh, first molasses and then uh, Virginia honey porter. Um, but I have to say, you have one of the most unique brew houses and and brewing setups. Um, tell the DC beer audience a little bit about your brewery, where you are and what kind of beer you make. Well, before, before I do that, we did do one of the panics with sorghum molasses. Ah, you're right. So molasses, sorghum molasses and honey. But anyway, okay. So I, I digress, but yeah. Um, so the question of where, where are we? We're in, we're, we're in Sperryville, Virginia, which is in Rappahannock County. Uh, at the base of the Shenandoah National Park. It is where my brothers and I are from originally. And it was a great place to grow up, a great place to leave when I didn't know how awesome it was and a great place to come back to. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really wonderful and magical place. That's a great overview. And I, and I can really share that um, in my time brewing with you, um, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to come out there and make beer with you. It's so gorgeous. We're, we're sort of, you're not all the way up on the mountain, but yeah, the, the, the mountains are not far from you. And, you know, you have your own water, sort of well water on site. You use your own yeast. I remember uh, when Pendruid was just first starting, I was like, oh, what yeast are we going to use? And you're like, flour. And I was like, flour, like, like, dried flour and you're like no we cultivated this yeast from a flower on our site um tell us a little bit about your your you know yeaster this festival that's coming up on the 16th tell us a little bit about your yeast tell us about the yeaster festival what what can people ex- expect on april 16th uh so so a little bit about our yeast so um our yeast is a culture that we 
were able to kind of wrangle about seven years ago from outside. Uh, it was from originally, well, I guess, I guess the, the final vial that we took was from a flower, uh, but we had about 50 samples. And after fermenting a bunch of different things and winnowing them down and getting to a spot, we realized that we had, we went from 50 to, I think it was like 10. And from 10, we went down to three. And from three, we realized like, oh, these are all really great. But then we realized that the one from the flower that we took was specifically really amazing. And and when I say amazing, I, I should preface it by saying it was like highly aggressive. So it was it was fermenting at a very cold temperature. I would say like in the high, actually the the high 40s, low 50s, which I would say is like at that point, it's not a lager yeast, but that's, you know, you're getting into like weird lager temperatures. And, uh, but it was fermenting crazy and drying the beer out. But we thought that was a really good thing to use. And so we started using it and we've been using it for the last seven years. It has since turned into an incredibly stable and really wonderful yeast. It likes to act the same way all the time, given the same circumstances, which I tell people, you know, typically that's what all living organisms are like. If you give them the same circumstances all the time, they will act a certain way. And I don't mean like emotionally, I mean, physiology uh, wise. So anyway, we've been using the same yeast uh, and that's a clean yeast, by the way, that's not, that's not a sour yeast um, or a sour culture. We like to think that we, uh, like isolation through propagation, essentially. So what happens is that um, if you have something that you really like and you have a clean operation and you keep propagating it and propagating and propagating, you're going to get a flavor that you like. And that's kind of Mendelian in its, in its approach because it's like, you know, oh, I like this pea. I'm going to genetically alter it by making this other pea. And it, if that makes sense. So that's how we kind of cultured that up. Yeast, the, the idea about yeaster came around because, well, I mean, Easter and yeaster is just one why away. It's a really wonderful uh, way to celebrate. Originally, it was a we kind of envisioned it as a food-oriented thing, a food-oriented festival. But it was also because of like how we were uh, bottling our spontaneous at the time and the things that were going to be ready. Um, and now that we're making cider and and we have the farm, it just so happened that we're like this is actually this coincides really well with a lot of like the early onset cider apple varietals that are ready to pick and they're ready at the same time. And so after the pandemic, we decided, hey, let's kind of not repurpose, but let's start Easter back up again because we didn't have it for the last two years. So let's go ahead and have Easter again and let's have it as a cider release. That's wonderful. So um, this is Easter number huh? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you, you, so, so you are, you are seven years old. The brewery is seven years old. Um, you haven't always made cider, but hence from, you know, I knew you originally as Pendruid brewing. Now you're Pendruid fermentation. Um, because in addition to these wonderfully dry beers, you're now making dry cider. Um, tell us a little bit about that sort of growth. You know, you, Easter, I want to be clear. So April 16th, Yeaster, this is uh, stealing from your post. Many roasted lambs, cider release, beautiful weather, save this date. And then you have tagged sumac and 
um, these other wonderful people, uh, Mike Peterson and uh, Hopkins Ordinary and uh, Samantha Joe. Uh, tell us a little bit about the crew and the evolution from Pendruid Brewing to Pendruid Fermentation and what, you know, folks can expect with, with Yeaster 2022. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So in the old Yeasters, I was involved with a lot of the food. I was not the main force behind the food, so I can't take credit for that. That was two, two really wonderful guys, Casey Gustawaro from Sunnyside farms and, and Mike Peterson who had Heritage Hollow farm. So Casey raised vegetables, Mike uh, raised the protein, the lambs and uh, pigs and uh, beef. And they're both chefs by um, uh, trade and they got into farming. Um, I guess Casey got into farming first and then chefing. But anyway, but the point is, is that they, they were the main force and main drive behind it, uh, behind the food. Now, Yeaster is, we're doing it, but we have sumac, which is the food component that is on the farm. And that's by, run by our really good friend, Dan Gleason, who is an amazing chef. He used to work at the Inn at Little Washington, which has uh, five diamonds from Relais, uh, Relais Chateau, uh, Chateau Relais, Relais Chateau. It also has uh, three Michelin stars. I mean, it's just kind of like an insane restaurant. Dan comes from that background, but he has a food truck. So it is a mobile food truck and it's a wood fired and all local stuff and uh, really amazing. And so he is taking care of all the food and Mike and Casey are coming back to help with that. Sam is Samantha Joe. Sam is our employee of the month, employee of the year, employee of the decade. She is our only employee, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's just a minor detail. Yeah. She's an amazing human being and really awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really awesome, really good time. And the food's going to be really amazing. I've never not had a wonderful time at your brewery, at your fermentary. Um, so I know, <laughs> I kind of know what to expect in regards, um, and while I can't credit you for uh, raising lamb, uh, bringing bring the lamb to slaughter, I can say not yet, the, not yet, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I can say that the pairing of food and beer, or food and cider, is really remarkable um, in our neck of the woods, just a short drive from DC. Um, but it's also really interesting that it sort of coincides uh, with you know, the the blossoming of everything in spring, you know, at least here in D.C. and Northern Virginia, we're seeing bees, uh, the pollinators are coming back. And we know that, you know, uh, the lambs, the, the, the ewes, the baby, the baby lambs are being born. It's quite a remarkable time. And we're really looking forward, you know, to uh, just now April 16th with Yeaster, but also with the great blossoming and blooming of everything as it as it leads us into the spring season you know um we have good friday this is this episode's coming out good friday there's passover you know saturday and it's easter on sunday um what a remarkable time what are you looking forward to i know you just had some friends out for a spontaneous 
uh, Brude with with Vale uh, from Richmond. But what what to expect? What can a DC beer audience uh, look forward to as some of us travel out to Sperryville to come see you and your beers and your cider? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think y- y- there's a lot to look forward to. I, mean, I think with with the spring. Um, if, if you know of the gardener, Alan Chadwick, he is uh, one of the fathers of American or just I, like biodynamic farming. And, and he's quite amazing. One of one of his lectures on spring was about like the ecstasy of the earth turning towards the, like the beginning of the sun and the elongation of the days. And he talks about the bees and how the bees, like you'll see bees like spring out of the hive and like shoot towards the heavens as fast as they can. And they're, you know, they're looking for the honey, they're looking for the flowers. And it's just this kind of like this, this amazing time of complete and utter uh, opportunity. And that's one of the wonderful things about spring it's a really wonderful time just to build off of what you were saying uh, for people to come out like, and what we're doing, like, you know, it's a good question. Cause like, we're, we're constantly like, we're so seasonal and the seasons also just kind of build off of each other. And so it's like the stuff that I'm releasing sometimes, I think this is a really, this is a, maybe a longer conversation, but like, I think Americans tend to think like, Oh, it's like, it's October. So we're going to have like pumpkin beer. That's a really bad. Right. No, it's a good example, but August, uh, the pumpkin beer starts hitting the draft and shelves in August. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about raspberries for a second. Okay. Uh, or, or cherries or, or any fruit that you would put on beer, for instance, right. It's going to take a hot minute, maybe. Well, raspberries only take about three weeks to put on the beer, but it's going to take like, so for our traditional spontaneous, it's going to take anywhere from, Ooh, I had to, ah, I mean, I mean, six months to like 13 months, 15 months sometimes. So you're talking about beer, the contact with, with fruit, let's say raspberries and yeah. beer. Yeah. 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 So sometimes it's really short. So it's like, what can they expect? Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what, what's ready. What we do have is we have a really wonderful spontaneous that we put on Vidal Blanc uh, that we got in October of 2020. And we fermented the juice with the spontaneous. And then it sat in barrels and it sat in uh, in bottles. I think it sat in bottles for like nine months or, or more. And, you know, it's finally being released and we've been releasing it. We had the first batch. I had two batches that are released. I finished with the first batch and we're sitting on the second batch. But it's interesting because it's like, you know, people come in and they go like, oh, wow. Like, is this, when did you get these grapes? I'm like, <laughs> like, like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, uh, so it, it is really interesting. And, you know, and like, you know, not, not maybe unless you want to get into that, but like, you know, getting into like my box and, uh, you know, things like that. Like, you know, when things are brewed and when they're released, you know, it's just like this idea that, um, Oh, well, that, that, that was like a, that was brewed like, you know, pretty, pretty recently. Right. And it's like, well, actually, no, it's been lagering for like quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the main takeaway is that, um, good things take time and great things take even more great periods of time. (laughs) 
Uh, I had, so I'll share, you know, the audience may know um, my beverage research firm, Lost Loggers. It's myself and uh, my colleague, Peter Jones. Um, so Peter was just at your brewery last weekend and he texted me and said, Plum Spawn Tasting God Tier. Uh, you know, so, so the dank memes for the kiddos, for the millennials and the zillennials and the Gen Z, uh, God tier is very good. Plum spawn, uh, spa, your spontaneous beer on plums. Um, tell us about plum spawn. What, what kind of beer is that? What should people expect when they come out to try the plum spawn? So the plum spontaneous, so that was a total product of the pandemic, which was a, a happy product, fortunately. Um, and the reason why is because it was a two and a four year blend. So we had a a 24 month spontaneous and then we had a, a what a four year, so a 48 month, right? Yeah, 48 month. And we didn't have, because of lockdown, we didn't have like a whole vintage of spontaneous because we just had to stop and had to do a bunch of stuff. And anyway, Long story short, we were like, okay, we can't do a one, two, and three year like goose blend. So what are we going to do? And I was like, well, when we were moving the brewery, I was like, holy cow, here's a two year. Well, we had the two year and we had plenty of it. And it was like, oh, here's a four year. And I had actually like theoretically lost that barrel. I mean, I kept on the oldest barrel, but I there was an additional one. Anyway, so we're like, oh, this is great. Let's blend that. And, and it was tasting amazing. So we blended those together and we had enough where we thought, well, we can put this on, like we can do like a, like a goose blend, but then, you know, people would be like, well, what's not a one, two and three. And I was like, well, right. It's not a one, two and three, but it's a two and a four. Well, let's just put it on fruit. So we put it on plums, cherries and raspberries. And we had three different beers and, so we still have cherries that we haven't put on draft yet. The raspberries has since gone. Raspberries are always like really fast. Cherries take a lot longer. Plums are... The thing about plums is like, I, I think that like with spontaneous, or at least with our spontaneous, I'm really, really happy with plums. They are just an incredible fruit. Um, the skin is amazing. It has so much tannin. It has so much structure. Uh, the fruit itself, if you get like a really high acid fruit, like it's really, really nice. And I just think it makes like a really wonderful beer, especially if you're putting it onto what I really like doing right now is, is finding barrels that have a really nice, awesome, high sulfur content and then putting that on the fruit and then letting it just kind of do its thing. And uh, so I'm really happy with that. Yeah, I have to say as a diabetic or when I was a diabetic, now I'm a person with di diabetes, a PWD. Uh, I love I love the dryness of your beers, your sort of farmhousey beers, your spontaneous beers and the ciders as well. You know, I, I was joking with Brandy and Jake, like as a person with diabetes, it's like zero carb, zero grams of sugar. It's like negative one grams of sugar in the cider. I have to remember to eat, to have some lamb or some protein, uh, <laughs> some avocado for all my vegan friends. Like it's wonderful product because it is so dry and it's just as the sort of farmhouse beer, the dry cider, the farmhouse cider, 
uh, methodology goes. It's just beautifully dry. It makes you want to drink more of it. And it's just absolutely wonderful. I highly encourage everybody, uh, all of our DC beer listeners, to check out Pendruid. Well, Jennings, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for stopping in. Uh, we have Church Key reopening. We hope to see some of your beers there, uh, as well as other spots throughout the district. So thank you so much for, for plying us with your goods. We greatly enjoy the wares and um, looking forward to Yeaster. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on, man. It's been a real pleasure. And yeah, as always, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jennings. Thank you, Brothers Carney. Thank you, Penn Druid. The next bit of news that broke was that Silver Branch and Old Ox out of both Ashburn and Middleburg, closer to Sperryville, where Pendruid is, are merging. Um, wow, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> is it though? I mean, it's, it's, at least to me, it is not an intuitive match, although when I read the logic behind it, it does make sense in that um, Silver Branch self-distros and would like access to the Virginia market and Old Ox's distribution network. And as on-premise consumption um, for breweries becomes more important, Old Ox would like the expertise that Brett Robison, that Christian, that Aaron, that Chris et al. have in running the, um, let's be real, Silver Branch is like an on-premise juggernaut. Like they're right there in downtown Silver Spring. They've got this cool beer garden. They're and obviously they're maxed out on space because you can't add more fermenters to what's essentially a downtown Silver Spring office building. And so on that level, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Jake, I will say, dropped the article. Because we because we knew, we found out at Love Thy Beer, which we'll get back to in a second. I want to recap, but I will say that um, at Love Thy Beer, Brett and Aaron was like, yep, we got news on Monday. And so we already knew what it was. So Jake Jake was ready with that article drop. He was like, 1008, boom. <laughs> so, yeah. But well, well done, Jake, with your with your article. It was a, it was a well-written article and everybody else was up to up to um, speed about it as well. And it's exciting and I'm happy for them. I used to go to Old Ox all the time, um, especially when I lived back out there. Um, so they make good beers and I think this is going to be a great, a great relationship. And so cheers, everybody. And big love to Silver Branch and Old Ox. So, yeah. So here's one question about that. If I wanted to go to Silver Branch, could I now drink an Old Ox beer there? Well, actually, coming up this Saturday, you sure as hell can. I know oh, really? I will. Because moi will be there. Um, so this Saturday, I know I, I mentioned it last episode, um, but this Saturday, April 16th, is... Silver Branch's Saison Celebration, and it goes pretty much all day, um, but they have specific time frames for, like, they have um, Mussels and Pomfree from the Eleanor, and they have live music from 6 to 9, but pretty much all day, they're going to be pouring their Beyond the Gnome world. They're, they bought a keg of Saison Dupont, um, which... <laughs> 
Aaron sent me an um, email that was very expensive, so I'm sure they want to kick that. Um, so go drink the Saison Dupont. Um, Manor Hill coming up. I love Manor Hill. Shout out to Millhouse out there. Um, Grisette's coming. Red Shedman, which I want to do a, a tiny, tiny little sidetrack. I went to Love Thy Beer. Jake and myself, we were at Love Thy Beer um, in Silver Spring this past, well, last Friday. And it was a very sweet, well done event. It wasn't too, too big. It was inside. So I'm glad there wasn't a ton of people in there, but I kept walking by this table, um, uh, from Red Shedman. Who, who's Red Shedman? I'd, I'd never heard of Red Shedman. And so the guys just kept giving me smiles and I finally went over and had the, one of their IPAs that they had, that they were pouring, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is fantastic!" And then I just, and then I found out that one of the guys that used to work at Silverbrand works at Red Shedman now. Anyway, long story short, Red Shedman's gonna be at Silverbrand uh, pouring their saison, which is a three point eight. So basically, most of the beers that'll be that'll be poured at Silverbrand on Saturday will be nice, sessionable, you know, chill beers. They have Tank 7 Boulevard. We all know that beer. And then the Festival, the Old Ox Brewery um, Cherry Ale, the Farmhouse Cherry Ale, um, which has been around for a couple years now and is very, very good. So, um, yes, there will be tons of beer. There will be tons of Old Ox and Silver Ranch beer at Silver Ranch on Saturday. And you should be there because I will. So other beer drops include the boxcar beer at Other Half, which everyone keeps asking about. I don't know why they ask us. I mean, they should ask us, sure. Um, I do get the inside info. But boxcar is back, baby, and I'm jazzed about it. They also have um, Dank Ivy City or Dank Ivy or whatever. It's like Ivy City um, IPA and a Mybach too. But boxcar is back. Lovely lager, beautiful beer, um, and so yeah, I, uh, that's that's back. Um, other than some other fun releases at Three Stars, which are always happening, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Thanks again to Mike and to Jennings for the interview. We are at DC Beer on the socials. Tag us, at us, tell us what you're up to, and again, dc.beer slash roadtrip. Buy tickets. Get on the bus, Gus. See you in Frederick. Just drop off the key, Lee. Maryland craft beer. <laughs> Safety first. Take the bus to Frederick. Cheers, DC. Until next time. Love y'all. Drink some beer. Adios. Adios.